Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike S. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. And Mike, guess what I'm super excited to not talk about today? Um, what is going on in America currently? 110%. So let's just steamroll past all of that horse shit. Uh, we had a special episode last week. I hope that everybody really enjoyed it. I know that we enjoyed doing it for everybody. It was a lot of fun. And I know Daniel enjoyed his time here. I hope everyone, if you didn't listen to it, uh, it's not sequential or time sensitive like our episodes are right now. So go check it out anytime. It's titled uh, Monster Squad. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Mike, how did you feel about our Halloween special? I had a blast. I thought it was one of our best shows ever. Uh, shout out to Daniel for coming on and talking with us about all kinds of crazy shit. Um, I will actually be a guest on Daniel's podcast, uh, WID Podcast, on Monday. If anyone is listening to this and you enjoy Daniel, uh, I will be a guest on his show Monday. We're going to be talking about wrestling and horror movies and conspiracy theories and uh, all kinds of shit that I'm not qualified to talk about like the rest of the people that are on his show, <laughs> but okay. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I can't wait to check that out. Um, it's going to be interesting. going to be a blast. I can't, wait to see, I can't wait to see the cover already comes up for, for you with, for you. Um, wait until you see the bio and picture that I sent him. <laughs> i can only imagine uh mike let's briefly since of course we didn't get to talk about it last week since we pre-recorded our halloween special let's just touch briefly on hell in a cell and halloween havoc and let's start with halloween havoc mike i enjoyed the hell out of it how about you sir um wasn't a big fan, man. Wasn't a big fan. Uh, Halloween Havoc. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to take away from any of the talent or anything. The matches were all pretty good and everything. Um, however, I felt... And I think this is probably an ongoing issue with the recent use of WCW pay-per-view names. Uh, I felt it was kind of a letdown, if you're calling it Halloween Havoc, which is one of the most storied pay-per-views in the history of pro wrestling. Um, and, uh, going back to a problem I've been talking about for a few weeks on this show, too overproduced for me, man. Wasn't grimy enough for a Halloween Havoc. Halloween Havoc was a grimy pay-per-view. This wasn't grimy enough for me. I don't know. I think maybe it was the Halloween Havoc branding overall that I that turned out to be the letdown for me. And also, I'm pretty sure I'm not a Shotzi Blackheart fan. Say what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just find her annoying. Well, I mean, she has an over-the-top promo style anyway. Uh, and she... I think, what's the word I'm looking for? She overdid it purposely for Halloween Havoc? Yeah, uh, it came off very bad to me. I think if she was I a heel, actually, I'd be super into her, though. I actually thought it was fantastic. I thought the, uh, I don't think anything was overproduced, so I disagree with you there. Um, and I thought Shotzi was perfect. I, it was just, for me, I think it was just the right amount of schlock, if that makes sense. The right amount of ridiculousness 
uh, and almost homage to the original Halloween Havoc and how quirky it was, but the matches were incredible. Some of the best NXT matches I've seen definitely on TV uh, all year. So that worked for me. Um, I really enjoyed it. I hope they do it again. I have a feeling they will. Uh, they seem to be bringing back some old names for NXT shows uh, that they air on TV, and I kind of like this idea. Give us one or two of those, and then a few uh, takeovers in between. I think it all works out, you know? Yeah. I mean, right on. Uh, all right, let's briefly touch on Hell in a Cell. I thought this was a fantastic show. All in all, um, before we even move into that, I know you're a week behind, guys. Sorry, but the winner of the drive-by pickums for Hell in the Cell, you want to do a drum roll, Mike? <laughs> None other than Alex Newland. Congratulations, sir. 27 out of 29 points. That's damn impressive, man. Yeah. You only won because I forgot to, Alex. <laughs> you only to, missed the bonus the, the bonus question of how many guitars get smashed in Elias Hardy match uh, they only smashed one which I think probably a lot of people missed that question because I would have assumed it would have been a lot more too I would have also I really thought but you know oh well uh, highlights for me, man, the, uh, Sasha Bailey match was probably match of the night, um, in, as far as working in the ring, as far as storytelling, holy shit, Jey Uso, Roman Reigns, man, there's just, I mean, obviously there's chemistry, they're family members, but good lord, that was storytelling 101 yet again, am I right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It really was. <laughs> I don't know what took so long to get here with Roman. Um, you know, you know, just... you know exactly what took so long to get here with Roman. They want him to be the babyface star. They but do, and he's not the, that. The... He's not that man. He's not. Watch his ma- everything about him now. Like I was watching. I'm probably gonna get a little ahead of myself here. Uh, I was catching up with Friday SmackDown. Uh, on Monday night, and everything about him is different now. His mannerisms, his facial expressions, everything that he does now is like top-notch wrestler shit, and he never did any of that before. As a babyface, I think he just felt uncomfortable. I think naturally the dude's probably a little bit of a fucking asshole. <laughs> And that's just me speaking I mean, as a guy that's naturally a little bit of a fucking asshole. A I little bit of cockiness, right? I, right? I couldn't play a baby face, man. I couldn't do it. If you asked me to play a baby face and put me out there to be a baby face, I'd get ate the fuck alive. But if you asked me to be a dickhead heel, I'm going to nail it for you every time. But I just don't think, I think that that's probably where Roman was at. I think he's just in a more comfortable wheelhouse right now. I think it probably helps having Paul Heyman standing there, who's a legitimate fucking wrestling genius. I just think it's all it's all clicking so well right now. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. It's it's fantastic. It they opened the show and they set a tone. And like I said, they didn't have this outstanding like five star like spot fest match, right? They had a story to tell and they told it in a five-star manner. We'll just say it like that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they, they set the tone for the night. And, I I mean, I just think they delivered, man. I think WWE as a whole delivered on this show. And the weekly shows have been decent since the shakeup, since the draft, whatever, uh, since Hell in a Cell. Uh, again, Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt are the best thing on Monday Night Raw, and then you flip up, flip over to SmackDown, and you have what I think is their best main roster show, and you just add on top of that the Roman story. I mean, it's pretty damn good right now, if you ask me. Yeah, what they're doing right now with Roman and Jey Uso is... Even... 
<laughs> Even Vince Russo thinks they're doing good work with Jey Uso. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which... And he doesn't like really anything. says a lot because he doesn't like anything any company does. So Ever. that is a lot. All right, all right, Mike. Speaking of other companies, well, we'll stay with WWE, but we'll move to their uh, back to their yellow and black brand uh, for NXT this week. Man, get back into our Wednesday Night War. Um, let's see. This was a fantastic show. I'm just gonna say that right off the bat. Uh, had a little bit of callbacks from the week before. Uh, so let's see. Our opening match, Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai. Do they got like, I don't know, 25 minutes for this opening match? I didn't sit there with a stopwatch, but I know at one point in time, my wife looked at me and was like, God, they're still wrestling? Uh, cause she wasn't really paying attention. It was a fantastic match. Um, Kai defeated Ember Moon by pinfall because of course, you know, you get interference from Gonzalez. Um, She's the heel. Uh, she's uh, she's the heater to uh, Dakota Kai's chicken shit heel. It's working out splendidly. Um, everyone looked great in this. Bleach Report gave this match a B. Um, nah, this was an A match, especially when you consider everything that it did for everyone. This was definitely an A. So I'm calling you on that. Uh, next, we move into Cameron Grimes versus Kushida. They were interviewing Cameron Grimes in the back, and he is still terrified from his haunted house match with um, Dexter Loomis. They do a spot in here where the ref, there's a ref bump in the corner. Uh, I can't even remember who initiated it. It was completely accidental, not like a heel thing. But he actually got hit twice, once by each wrestler, and rolled out of the ring. So the referee who played a zombie in the Haunted House match comes out to, you know, make the count. And Cameron Grimes is terrified and runs away from the referee. Uh, and runs right into a submission and Kushida defeats Cameron Grimes. Uh, Cameron Grimes' acting and character portrayal right now is off the charts. He's really selling this arrogant, cocky... I'm better than everyone, asshole, but, like, also selling the I'm terrified of what happened to Halloween Havoc kind of angle of this. Um, and it's working for me, man. Did you see any of this? No, I haven't watched NXT yet. Yeah. When you get caught up, man, you have to let me know because I think it was fantastic. Bleach Report gave us a B plus. I'll go with that. Um, next, we get another uh, rematch between Drake Mag. Drake Maverick and Killian Dane and Ever Rise. Uh, but there was a reason for that because this match was not going to finish. Um, it ends in a no contest because the Kings of NST make their presence felt. And that would be Pat McAfee, the new NXT Tag Team Champions, and Oni Lorcan, Danny Burch, and Pete Dunne. Pat McAfee comes out, cuts a ridiculously good promo. Uh, they have Undisputed Era's banner, and they said they are going to hang it from the rafters, and then, of course, they decide, ah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to burn it in this trash can. Um, they say that they're there to... They're the, they're the new guard. Undisputed Era's over, and they're here to run NXT. Uh, they explain, which has been explained in uh, network exclu exclusive interviews, that... Um, Ridge Holland was hired by Pat McAfee to take out Adam Cole at NXT 31. And, of course, the injury, they had to reshuffle and figure out new guys, and there was Pete Dunne, and he has legitimate beef with Undisputed Era. They call back to Roddy Strong when he joined Undisputed Era and turned on Pete Dunne. It was pretty damn good, man. And then this, of course, leads to... Because uh, they come in and they attack both teams. Uh, Maverick, Dane, and Everrise. Of course, Everrise kind of leaves. Maverick and Dane get the brunt of it. And as they're leaving the arena, cameras are following them. They being uh, Pat McAfee's group, who I'm just going to refer to as the Kings of NXT. That's what they're calling themselves, which is actually a pretty cool name. Uh, they're going to get in their SUV to leave. Dane comes out and tries to get his revenge. 
They, of course, overwhelm him, and as he's laying by the SUV, Pete Dunn slams his head in the door. Uh, Pat Mack looks at him and is like, all right, that's a little aggressive, a little much. We'll talk about it. I still like it. They drive off, and you see Killian Dane bloody everywhere. Uh, I was impressed with that. Really let them sell the the violence of what just happened, and that these guys apparently mean freaking business, man. I love all of this. Yeah, I have to check this out. I was really uh, surprised that they did the Pete Dunn turn, but um, I don't give a shit. I'm just happy Pete Dunn's back and doing something cool and impressive. And it makes sense because, you know, we were here, and I'm not saying there couldn't be another swerve here, but they were basically making Kyle O'Reilly into a baby face, and everyone was like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Well, we've just flipped this. both of these, you know, Kings of NXT are the heels, and now Undisputed Era are clearly the baby faces as a group. And I like it. And then I'm looking at this man, and Bleach Report gave this segment a C plus, And... I mean, as a match, it wasn't a match for that reason. And if you called this promo and the aftermath with Killian Dane a C plus, and then I've seen the way they've graded some promos on AEW, that's when you're biased to showing uh, Bleacher Report. All right. And we next move into Shotzi Blackheart versus Tony Storm. Uh, Shotzi says that she was, as a reward for hosting Halloween Havoc, she was allowed to pick any opponent. She picked Tony Storm. Because she wanted to face someone who is a badass, who's a former NXT UK champion, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so it starts out like this is going to be a friendly match. And then we find out that Shotzi's tank is missing. She runs to the ring angry, thinking that it was Tony that did it. Uh, They have a pretty decent match. Um, Storm gets the win. But what happens is, in the middle of the match, you see Candice LeRae up on a video screen talking to Shotzi, and she's got her tank somewhere in an undisclosed location. And Shotzi's pissed, she's yelling at the screen, and then you see Candice LeRae get in a truck and run the tank over. Shotzi literally breaks down, and Tony sweeps in for the quick pin, gets the victory, and then actually, uh, I, I take this back. Uh, the truck tank didn't get destroyed till after the pin. And as the tank is getting destroyed, uh, Tony actually comes over and consoles Shotzi. Um, they also did some exclusive interviews, which I have yet to watch, where Shotzi is a wreck over this tank being destroyed. Which I think is pretty awesome, because the tank goes... They're, they're, I don't know what the meaning of the tank is, other than it's her thing. And then when you throw the Robert Stone thing in... And then Robert Stone's on Twitter laughing about it, which is hysterical. (laughs) So it all kinds of ties together. Um, And I like this man. And I know you might not be a Shotzi fan, but she's quickly becoming one of my favorites. I mean, probably she could chill. My work, like at the warehouse I work at, we ship these motherfuckers out all day long, every day. 350 (laughs) bucks. You can go pick one up, another one, Shotzi. I mean, like. Just go it's buy another point, tank. Mike. It's the point. It's like I love my action figures, but I can replace most of them. You know. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. Most of them I can't. So. So next, we get a little segment where Jake Atlas pulls into the parking lot, uh, right behind. Legato del Fantasma, who you know, if you remember, Atlas lost pretty quickly to him um he comes after them with a lead pipe question uh he hit question did jake atlas get his wrestling name in 1962 possibly okay just wondering (laughs) comes after them with a lead pipe or steel pipe or whatever you want to call it um of course they get out of there he attacks one of them i can't remember which one um or actually attacked both of them in front of Escobar. And, you know, he's coming for the Cruiserweight Champion. It was a fine little segment. And then we continue with uh, Timothy Thatcher's Thatch's Thatch Can uh, in the ring. Uh, we get him, you know, tormenting another newbie the way he does. And then Anthony Green comes out and attacks him. Uh, this is a guy he was messing with 
I, I last week or the week before, I believe it was actually before Halloween Havoc. Um, the one he got his name wrong and all that fun stuff. Uh, and we find out he has a new name and I can't think of what it is. Uh, yeah, this is bad podcast hosting, but I'll look it up here before we're done. Uh, let's see. Then we move into Tomasa Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream in our main event. Uh, Velveteen Dream got his actual ass kicked in this match. It appeared that Tomasa Ciampa just wanted to beat the fuck out of someone and did it. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if they had a conversation and he said, hey, I really want to punch something. And Dream's like, well, you know what? It'll be good for my street cred. Let's do it. Uh, this was great, man. It was a really fun match. They gave this a B minus. Um, I'm calling bullshit again. This was an A, man. This was just a brutal match. Uh, of course, Ciampa gets the win. Um, and then off air, and we probably shouldn't cover off air stuff, but Ciampa gives us promo about NXT and how important the fans are and how it's going to be amazing when fans can come back. And, you know, when these little, the little group of fans they have there now can grow to even bigger and how awesome his job is. It was just, it was one of those promos, like, where you just feel good after listening to it and it makes you proud to be a wrestling fan. So I definitely suggest going and checking it out. Clearly, this dude lives, eats, and breathes NXT. And I think that's pretty cool, man. All in all, I would definitely, probably, almost certainly, Give this episode of NXT an A, man. Um, okay. So, I have a question. Mm hmm Was there any, like, who the guy in the scream mask was? Okay, so, yeah. Uh, I... See, Bleacher Report doesn't always put this stuff on there. There was a... promo segment, or, like, a vignette, whatever, with Johnny Gargano. He now loves wheels, as he's the new North American champion because of spin the wheel, make the deal. Uh, he's playing Candyland to show how much he loves wheels. Or not Candyland, uh, Life, I believe, is the one with the wheel. Mm -hmm. uh, and you see him playing by himself, and then his phone rings, and it's a creepy voice that says, I'm in your house. And it cut to the scream guy talking on the phone, and he says, "Of course you are. You're sitting right next to me." And they pan out, and he's right there, and there he's playing with the dude in the scream costume. We don't know who it is yet, so, but they definitely are playing on that. Okay, all right. <laughs> Just was curious, Mike, what happened yeah. there with the scream guy? That... Clearly, there's plans for it. Yeah, I'm waiting to see before I judge. <laughs> <laughs> but let's uh I have ideas. I just I don't know. I can't judge the size. The dude looked pretty big, I thought, at Halloween Havoc, but the guy at the table Johnny Gargano so is also terribly small. Well, this is true. This is true, but I don't know. I have theories, but we'll see. Um Mike, let's take a quick break and reconvene on the other side with AEW uh what, go home show? Yeah. Sure. Hang tight. We will be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you got to put me on the spot like that? Man, no, time? come on. Tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Quick, quick. Who's it doesn't boss? matter Who's what your boss? favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. <laughs> well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? <laughs> no, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Well, why don't you join me, the Lord Ketchum. And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Lawson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. 
you can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. of the main program here, but um, I like to make dramatic entrances sometimes. So this is Daniel, host of the WID Pot Show, and I almost took my last ride. They wanted me gone, but I'm still here. Who are they? <laughs> That's something I can't disclose. But we talk about conspiracies like that on my show. Now, if you're interested in UFOs, government cover-ups, cryptozoology, magic, all the things that go bump in the night, listen live on YouTube at around noon for your midday mindfuck. Or you can find the show on the podcast apps on all of them. It's WID question mark podcast. You also can call my Skype line like Mike did. The brave one. And talk to well-known guests or share your own paranormal story. But be aware, sometimes it gets dark and disturbing. So are you ready to take this ride? I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Now back to the two mics on mics and the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Best show about professional sports entertainment. Like, I, I can't, I know you're going to be a guest on WID. Uh, if you didn't listen to Daniel's Halloween special, make it a point to go do that. You will hear a special uh, ghost story from yours truly, if you do. Um, and I'm the first caller. So if you like our show and you don't get enough of me, you can go hear a true life ghost story that happened to your boy. And then on Nostalgia Highway... You can hear both of us, the Mike's on Mike's, give our uh, Halloween movie picks. Uh, they do a very uh, impressive Halloween special uh, review on Fright Night, which is a fantastic movie. And then you get to hear us for about 25 minutes on someone else's podcast, BS About Movies. It's fantastic. So yeah. give both of our friends a listen this week. I thought their Halloween special was outstanding. It was Abs great episode beginning to end, and I thought what they did for our Halloween episode uh, was also spectacular on its own. Yeah, it, it certainly was, and I think it's cool we all kind of got the 
of, of uh, you know, the, the two that we advertise with, we all kind of got to share a little bit in each other's podcast. And of course, like I said, I called in a Daniel show on Saturday, Halloween, actual Halloween. He did a, a show called Dead Air uh, with live call-ins, emails, all ghost stories, paranormal stories from his listeners. And it was super fun, man. And just kind of being able to be a part of all that was pretty cool. All these episodes, like I said, you can listen to them anytime. They're not time sensitive. So definitely go check all of these out. A uh, little bit of break from wrestling on both of these uh, and give you kind of something to check out and listen to. And maybe you'll find a new favorite podcast. Well, second favorite after us, right? Right. Probably. You'll probably like Daniel more than us. It's, uh, they're both better podcasts. You definitely, you definitely should like Daniel more than us. They're both better podcasts than ours, but, um, (laughs) you know, like listen to them. They're good shit. And again, I'll be on Daniel's podcast on Monday. Exactly. And speaking of second favorites, let's talk about my second favorite show that's on Wednesday night, Mike. Ooh, shots fired. So (laughs) this Let's just say right away, AEW is not good at go-home shows. Okay. They're just not. I have not, well, I did not get caught up on this, so I'm, I'm going blind just and listening. I'm starting to, to realize, that it really, like, set in on this one. Because you remember the last AEW pay-per-view, we talked, and I was like, this was your go-home show? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just not good at go-home shows. So we open with Jericho calling MJF soft. Uh, and that's why he doesn't think he's inner circle material. MJF's like, all right, we'll wait and see what I'm about to do then. So MJF and Wardlow take on. We're still not sure if like MJF getting in the inner circle means Wardlow is also, or if Wardlow's just like MJF's guy still, but not in the inner. I, it's a weird scenario to me. I'm not sure what to do. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Uh, so MJF and Wardlow take on Ortiz and Sammy Guevara. Uh, this was, this was a decent enough match. I was somewhat let down because I like everyone in this match except for, and it's not that I don't like Ortiz, I'm just like a pretty big fan of the other three guys, and Ortiz just is a wrestler that exists on this roster. Um, (laughs) uh, actually, I enjoy his work in the inner circle, I think that he's uh, him and Santana have a uh, underrated comedy ability. So, uh, Bleach Report gave the match a B plus. I think it was probably more like, uh, actually that's probably pretty spot on to me. It's probably more like a B for me, I guess. B, B plus somewhere in there. I just was thinking maybe it was going to be a little bit better. It was a little sloppy in spots, I think was the thing for me. Um, Matt Hardy, uh, Dressed as Serpentico. Why is everybody dressed as Serpentico? Um, threw a chair at Sammy Guevara, which allowed MJF to apply the salt of the earth uh, armbar for the win. After the match, MJF, uh, Jericho's commentary tonight, MJF takes off running and tackles Jericho out of his chair and proceeds to beat the shit out of him. Um, so there's that intensity that he was saying he wasn't seeing earlier. And Jericho just kind of laughed after it. Like, have a nice little smile. Um, <laughs> I am looking forward. This was a good way to start the show. I will give them that. It was a, a nice match and a nice storyline to start the show. Um, after that, we have Miro's singles debut match. Taking on Trent. This, I actually thought, was uh, better than the C-plus that it was given by Bleacher Report. I thought it was probably more like a B minus B. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't like a technical wonder, and I think the reason they probably gave it that was it was more in line with Miro's WWE matches. Okay. And I, as we all know, Bleacher Report will immediately downgrade <laughs> something for being in the WWE style. If that makes sense to you, I think that probably will. I think you'll personally enjoy this match probably the most out of most of the matches on here just because it is more in line with the style of wrestling that you prefer and not the AEW style. Okay. Um, I get that. 
so Miro picks up the win. Um, this was pretty much a squash, and I could see why Bleacher Report gave it the C plus because it was a long squash. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like mm-hmm. how Omega squashed Sunny Kiss in like 18 seconds last week it, or the week before. This was like this was like an extended eight minute squash match, which I thought was dope. Right on. I like when people get the shit beat out of them for eight minutes. Um, still got a question if this is better than what he was doing as Rusev. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have to. You, you have to. You do. Like, it's... Like, I think we all expected this man to go main event anywhere he went, right? And granted, I don't think we can fucking complain about that either because that's been a complaint here. Oh, AEW gets a guy and puts him in the main event right away. Okay, well, right on. I'm not expecting him to be taking on John Moxley. I'm not expecting him to lose to John Moxley for the title. Um, but I am expecting something with certainly... I don't know, Hangman Page, maybe? Something with more meaning. Yes, someone, and I'm just throwing out a name like that. I was just picking a top face. Even Matt Hardy would be better. You know, but like, but like, really, if you look at the top faces, you've got Moxley, uh, Cody, and Paige, like, who are your main event faces outside of those guys? And those guys are all busy. So, I don't know. I just don't think having him be the the second guy to someone is probably the way to go. Just not for me. Um, after that, Jim Ross interviews Kenny Omega. We're getting the cleaner, baby. <laughs> I'm very excited by this. The cleaner's coming back, baby. Uh, so, had a nice little interview with um, JR interviewing Omega uh, for, you know, his upcoming match against Paige for number one contendership. Uh, Taz, Ricky Starks, and the FTW champion Brian Cage come to the ring. They're mad about their lack of having a full gear match. Why isn't Ricky Starks ranked? They essentially were like, the rankings mean fucking nothing here, do they? Like, basically in a promo. You're right. (laughs) Basically in a promo, Taz said, like, the fuck do these rankings mean nothing? And they don't mean anything. We know that. (laughs) We've all known that. So then Private Party took on the Young Bucks. Obviously, the Bucks are going to win because they're going into the the greatest tag team match in the history of the world, apparently. Right. Uh, The most, I don't know, what do they keep saying about this match? This is one of the most highly awaited tag team matchups. And I guess, like... It is, right? For, like, modern wrestling, this is the biggest tag team matchup that we could probably have had outside of the Usos being involved. Because I personally think the Usos versus the Young Bucks is a bigger matchup. But I would I would think, I would say the Usos or the New Day versus the Young Bucks. The is New Day. Uh, the New Day also is bigger than this, probably. And I'm talking American mm-hmm. wrestling. I don't want some of you dickheads to be like... actually coming out of fucking japan i know motherfuckers i watch new japan it's better i know i know but for this sake of this (laughs) talking about american wrestling so i just don't personally so if this is like like the most hyped awaited tag team match of modern wrestling have they done enough have they put enough work into this storyline because FTR doesn't seem to think so they don't um <laughs> and while I did very much enjoy the Young Bucks uh, video package this week and what they did I uh, in the mat in the, the match which Bleach Report gave a B I think it's probably about the same thing um I guess just, 
I, I wanted more? I don't, I don't know. I guess I just wanted more. Like, this shouldn't be the first pay-per-view defense for FTR. I, I just don't feel that way. Um. Well, and then, did they not throw in the caveat that if they don't win, if the Bucks don't win, they won't challenge for the tag titles? Yeah. Yeah. So, here we go. Is that going to be like an elite thing now? Like, because Cody already did that, and he lost. So you have to assume this means that FTR is losing those titles, right? Kind of. I just can't imagine that they're going to have this story play out twice. I mean, and, and then there's criticism either way, because... If they win, then it's like, well, here we go. FTR, like, uh, we can even say, well, had the title <laughs> for a month. to Miro, right? Had the title right? for a month and then lost it. Yep. And then if they don't win, if the Bucks lose, then it's like, here we go. It's the same thing that we did with uh, Cody. And we're, what, a year into this company? And like, what? six months into that story or four months into that yeah. story, whatever And also, it is. here's the dumb thing about that. Cody should be your champion right now. Like, he's the most <laughs> over guy on the whole show. He really yeah. is. Say whatever, love him or hate him. He's the most over guy on the fucking show. He's the face of the fucking company. There's yeah, no right. reason he's not the champion right now. He should be. He's... He's ten times more interesting as a character than John fucking Moxley. Which brings us to our next segment. Hmm. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston face-to-face. -face. Stipulation that any physicality would result in the cancellation of the match, which really gives John Moxley no fucking, like, reason to not start getting physical, Right? Like, as the champion, right. why would you not get physical so that the match fucking didn't happen? <laughs> oh, cause yeah, he, that doesn't cause, make any cause, sense. Because he's a baby face. No, I'm sorry. No. That means you're a fucking idiot. It's the same as like, cashing in the money in the bank face-to-face -face that having a match with it. It, it doesn't make you... It, it's not a baby face thing. It's a dumb baby face it's thing. It's a dumb baby face thing. This is like something Sting would have done in 1995. Um, so they have like a, they're a little showdown. Um, uh, Bleacher Report gave this an A+. Plus. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it wasn't a very good, like, segment right um mm -hmm. but it's it's you know i have to say that objection objectively because i don't particularly care for john moxley or eddie kingston i get it i get it i get it i get why both of them are popular not a big fan of both of them so same was this an a plus segment man i it's hard for me to agree or disagree you know i'm jaded very, very good, though. Afterwards, video package from the Bastard Pack. Uh, fucking finally. Um, said every day he's getting faster and stronger, more obsessed, and, uh, the rest of the AEW roster should be put on notice. This is also a man that should probably be in the championship picture here. They have too many heels, man. Way too many people want to be edgy and shit. Red Velvet got the shit beat out of her by Nyla Rose. That set up well, some shit. Well, well, well. That set up some shit for, you know, then Vicky Guerrero started screaming at Sheeta, and Sheeta and Nyla kind of got into it. It wasn't a great segment. Vicky Guerrero was the best part of it. Uh, they were talking about Vicky Guerrero. Jericho was on commentary. I did enjoy this, though. Uh... They're like, that Vicky Guerrero is a viper. Something like that. You know what I mean? Talking about how dangerous she is. Mean and evil she is. And he and Jericho's like, oh yeah, she's a dangerous one. You gotta watch out for her. I know. She used to be married to one of my best friends. <laughs> and then Cody and the newest members of the Nightmare family, the Gun Club, defeated the Dark Order. 
Uh, this was okay. Nothing was bad on this show, but a lot of stuff was just okay. Um, this was the main event, and I don't understand it. I feel like sending it home with Kingston and Moxley probably would have been a better way to go. Um, I this was a a Bucks private party probably would have been a better. I just this okay this being the main on. event just wasn't. Don't I recall? Don't or do we want to recall? There was a show a few weeks ago where we both said they shouldn't have ended with Moxley, with the with the six man like coming together blow up that uh, him revealing uh, Hobbs as his partner and uh, Darby as his partner for the six man that never happened because Lance Ar- Lance Archer got COVID. Remember this? Oh yeah. And we said, we said, man, they should have ended the show with that segment. And you even think not only was it a hot segment, that's your world champion, that makes the most sense. And then they did it again here, which, okay, I get it. Code is a priority. So we circle back to what we just stated earlier. Why is this man not champion and supposedly can never be champion? Right? It was just a dumb thing to do. He's the hottest guy in the fucking company, man. And, like... Granted, like, you're still focusing on him, but the TNT title should not be more important than your world title, and you got these, everything... And don't get me wrong, The Miz used to come out and say that there was no title more important than the Intercontinental title. Like, I'm a big fan of when Intercontinental Champions would come out and say, like, that that was a... But, I mean, like, everybody in the company basically positions this fucking belt. It gets way more screen time than the big platinum like it's mm. it's if just put just come on just wrestling it and find your way to getting the belt and let's just roll on with it okay i mean clearly they'll have to eventually it's just again are we going to do this with the bucks or are we not going to do this with the bucks why are we why are we repeating storylines when we're this new of a company and you're right like I saw I saw where uh, the revival was not not necessarily happy with the build. This should be a big deal. I don't feel like it's a big deal personally. Like it'll be a match. I it's, don't feel like they've put enough into this. It's a big deal only because like it's been made a big deal by the internet. You know what I mean? Like 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 right. this would be like okay if Sting and Taker showed up at. Any random WWE pay-per-view outside the big ones and had a match just out of... This would be like Sting and Taker having a match at one of the Saudi shows. Yeah. No story no, going get, into exactly it. It's just Sting saying. and Taker just having a match at the Saudi show just to have the Sting and Taker match finally. And that's what we're doing here. And it's big because it's Sting and Taker finally having the match. And that's why this is big. It's big because it's the Bucks and FTR finally having this match after like years of talking about it but like that's the only reason it's big you could have made this so much bigger like hogan and andre was maybe like the biggest thing that ever happened at a wrestlemania and it would have been huge on its own just because it would have been hogan andre but they made it the biggest fucking thing ever Yeah, man. You're spot on. You're spot on. Uh, Speaking of your favorite, uh, WWE sent out a press release saying that Undertaker's appearance at Survivor Series is his final farewell. How does that make you feel, Mike? I mean, how many is he doing? (laughs) Well, let me say this. If it really is... And I do hope that it is. I mean, is this not the most fitting way to yeah, do it? Yeah, end it where it began. Or, or, or place to do it. 30 years, the place where it started, we end it. I mean, Super it has fitting. potential to be pretty cool depending Super on how fitting. they do it. Super fitting, yeah. It could be cool. You think, right. they, you think they have a brother love show? Wow. They should have a brother love show and have the million dollar man there. What else would be better? You know? 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'd take that. <laughs> I'd take it, too. It, they, there could be so much fun with that. Mike, is there anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people? Fuck you, Joe. That's it. I got nothing this week. <laughs> well, guys, like I said, oh, go oh. check out this. Oh, uh, check me out on Monday on the WID podcast. <laughs> there we go. I was gonna, I was gonna do that for you. Uh, go check out our friends uh, Daniel Grothy on a WID podcast. What's his DOS? Uh, and Nostalgia Highway podcast. Go check out their Halloween specials. Dead Air on WID. Uh, Nostalgia Highway podcast, the Fright Night episode, and go if you haven't listened to ours, then go listen to ours. Uh, Monster Squad, last week's episode, uh, all probably our best podcast, I think. Um, and I listen to a lot of Daniel. I listen to everyone at Daniel shows, and everyone in Nostalgia Highway podcast. Now I'm newer with them. But Fright Night was fantastic, and man, Daniel's Dead Air Show, if you're a fan of, like, old-school talk radio, like, old-school coast-to-coast with Art Bell, this shit will take you back. Mike, listen to it on your drive to work. I promise you. It'll be fun. Okay. (laughs) And other than that, guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.